You are listening to Metrics and Chill, a podcast about business metrics and the interesting ways that people improve them. I'm John Benini, and I'm your host. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Metrics and Chill podcast. We have a fun one today. My guest on the pod today is the Jonathan Dane. He's the founder at a little agency called Client Boost. They're not little. Uh, they're an agency, Client Boost. You got what? Three offices now? I was going to say based out in California, but that's no longer accurate, right? Three offices. Uh, yeah, we have California, we have Raleigh, North Carolina, and then we have like a fake one in Austin, Texas. We have people there, but we haven't done any office moves yet. So you can give us credit for three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's awesome to have you here, Jonathan. Welcome to the show, man. Yeah, thank you. And and like I am fitting the part right now because it's metrics and chill. The chill part is me and my legs like elevated right now, relaxing. So I'm <laughs> I'm excited for this. Yeah, you were ready to go. Yeah, you're all set. <laughs> uh, so tell us about you know, especially for the listeners that aren't familiar, who is Client sure. Boost? Who do you guys serve? Like, tell us about the agency. Yeah. Um, so we've been around for six years. Like we're we're a digital performance agency. Like everything that we do, I'm, I'm sure everybody says this is like focused on ROI, um, but we have uh, continuously come out with recipes and execution differences that have just helped our clients um, perform at a higher rate. And because of that, we can plant the flag and say that we have the most published wins of any agency in the world, which is kind of crazy to say that. But when you look at case studies, uh, online reviews, uh, video testimonials, like points of social proof that show performance, um, we have the most. And so that, that's how I'll end that. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Obviously, you've prioritized that over the because I've seen it. You have quite a quite a backlog yeah. of uh, yeah. of case studies. We, we publish like we publish like twenty case studies a month, and it's it's uh, it's it's not by accident. It's it's completely a well oiled machine right now. And the way that we also you know ask our clients to help us with the online social proof and all that kind of stuff, it's all it's all working really really well. And so we want to keep that lead for sure. Right. Right. And that I feel like that segues well into the metric that we're focusing on today, which is percentage of client goals achieved. Did I yep. get that right? Yep. You got that right. Um, I borrowed that or stole that from, you know, Sean Ellis, who is the, uh, the, the growth hackers mm. founder with Morgan Brown. Um, he's a, he's a neighbor of mine here in, in Newport beach, California. And so I randomly, this is an actual real story. I randomly ran into him in a parking garage and I knew who he was. Obviously he didn't know who I was and I, I didn't expect him to. Um, <laughs> but over time we've, we've, uh, formed this bond. I spoken on, you know, the stage for the growth hackers conference twice. Um, and I was asking him like, tell me about this North star metric. And he was basically saying like, if everybody within the company is focusing on improving the performance of that one metric, usually the domino effect happens, the ripple effects happen of like everything else also works out. And so, Uber has like the amount of trips completed. Um, and that's, I forgot the other examples, but basically that's the the metric that we arrived on. Right. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes. Yeah. Especially for software companies that aligns with like a aha moment. Like what was Twitter's early on? Like if you followed a certain amount know. of people and you got <laughs> a certain amount of followers, right. There was yeah. like a, North Star metric there that they tried to get you to the certain amount of engagement. Probably like a, a retention mechanism maybe yeah. as well too, right? Like once they pass that that uh, mark, that it helps. Yeah. Right. Exactly. All right. So you you uh, approached John Ellis in a parking garage and basically were inspired <laughs> by, by by that conversation yep. to come up with this metric. When when did that conversation happen? Um. So the the parking garage was like 
five plus years ago. The, the more recent one was literally over like Facebook Messenger. Um, and um, I was asking my team too, because I wanted to get their buy-in and make sure that they're on the same page too. And like, think if you can only choose one metric that if we improve that metric, a lot of our other goals are achieved as well too. What would it be? And so, you know, interestingly mm-hmm. enough, people had all sorts of answers. I don't remember them off the top of my head, but we arrived at that one because we know too that like, well, if, if the biggest reason why we have good retention and clients stick around with us is because of results, then the goals, you know, percentage of goals achieved is like, is that metric, right? And then that has then the ripple effects of, you know, just engagement from the client, the satisfaction, the happiness from the team, referrals, word of mouth, you know, all those kind of things. Like, you know, you have right. a good product, a good service. Um, so it, it wasn't that long ago that I had that conversation with John Ellis then arriving to that metric. Um, and so because of that, we haven't been able to fully see the, uh, the, the main benefit because we're learning a ton from looking at that metric and then seeing well, what are the action items that we should take from that. You know, Right. Let's break down that metric a little bit more just so everyone understands before we get into the nitty gritty. Yeah. So percentage of client goals achieved. What yeah. is that metric exactly? Is that one metric yep. that aggregates that percentage across all of your client base? Like what does that metric actually look like and how is it? What is, it, sure. com- what is it composed of? So every client has a specific goal that we're trying to achieve when we bring them on board. And then we set that goal every quarter. So it's a new goal and it can, it can vary. It can be uh, a conversion volume increase. It can be a CPA reduction. It can be a revenue increase like that was, you know, specifically from marketing efforts. Um, and so we, we define each individual client has their own individual goal, but then we know that like from the 250 plus clients that we have actively today, what is the percentage of, of the goals that we hit when the quarter is over? Right. And so that kind of helps us know, like, can we get to 80 percent, 85, 90, 95? And if we do that, it should show that like retention is increasing as well too. tenure is increasing. LTV is increasing, things like that. So that's how we measure it. And this also assumes, right, that uh, the agency and the client are aligned <laughs> right, exactly. on what the goals are. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because e- yep. e- even sometimes when you are and you improve it, right, it might not have a meaningful impact on the client's business. But I assume in this case that you've figured that part out like how what is that um relationship look like with the client in determining yeah this is going to be the goal this you know this is what we're going to measure in term you know one of our measurements of success like how does that how does that engagement look it's a great question because it created something else that we weren't aware of that we needed so it, it is a classically tough conversation to have where like you want to under promise from the agency perspective but the client wants you know the he- heaven and earth to yeah. be basically moved right uh, and so where do you find the middle ground? And so what we did was, and this is something that we then changed on our sales side, was um, use what we call an ROI calculator. So we have, we have the inputs that are different if it, you're an e-commerce business or a SaaS business or a lead gen business. But some of them could be like average order value for e-com or other metrics for like SaaS could be um, deal size, close rate and like your margin. And then we take that and we factor into, well, what's your marketing spend? Um, what's your current CPA and your current conversion volume? And then if we wanted to improve things by like 10% or 5% or 20% or more, do we need more marketing spent, like more budget to achieve that? Or can we do it with what we have? And what does that do from a profitability perspective and then ROI perspective? So sometimes if you have larger deal values, like SaaS companies sometimes can have, especially if they're an enterprise, you can show that just moving the needle a little bit can like justify our price even further, right? Like so... Our goal is to make sure that we're always paying for ourselves and we can now we now have 
an ability to like objectively set goals with a client where like they just don't come and ask for things that are just outrageous. So that that's helped from that. Right. Uh, you bring up a good point when you mentioned software companies. Uh, your ideal customer profile is there is there a certain uh, f- persona or personas that yeah. the company typically works with? No, the average marketer hates us because a copywriter <laughs> can't figure out who to write copy for for a site. Like we have we have so many um, case, like we have nearly three hundred case studies today, and like the variety of e commerce and and SaaS and Legion, it's like it's and also like the industries and verticals as well. There isn't anything specific because we found that our like our marketing recipes are pretty dang universal, um, and that's a good thing. But it also is a challenge for us because it's we can't like narrow down and, and and convince somebody from the outside without talking to them. But like we are the best agency for SaaS because nowhere on our website does it say that right. necessarily, <laughs> right? So, but so far like the being appealing to everyone has worked out very well for us, and we continue to see you know growth and progress all the time. So until we need to like niche down. Um, we're going to ride this wave. <laughs> right, right, for as long as it lasts. Um, all right, so let's get into the first question. And you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but why and how did this metric, percentage of client goals achieved, become a priority? I think it was a goal. It was a metric that if that metric improves, the ripple effects of positivity are the greatest in other world, like other metrics, other things that we can track that were important too. So it helped us define, again, that North Star that like if anybody like in accounting uh, could come with an idea of how to improve the percentage of client goals hit. Like, you know, think of like how you're solving problems within your world there or the HR team, for example, too. Um, so like, how does everybody know that we're like rolling in the same direction? And that metric was also very helpful from a vision perspective to make sure that people know why we're doing what we're doing too. Um, so that metric was aligned around that too. Um, so the domino effect again, was the most positive through that metric compared to other metrics that we could choose. Talk about some of the some of the actual specific dominoes. Like before you and I yep. hopped on today, you mentioned just like the happiness of the team, right? The culture yep. of the company, right? The clients yep. themselves are, are likely happy. Retention yep. likely is reflected in that. Maybe word of mouth, case study. Like, right. Talk, just talk about some of those dominoes yeah. that, that, that so, fall down when you hit that sure. metric. For sure. So um, some of them actually had them read them out. I'm going I'm to read them off. But um, some of them are in relation to like when the first goal is hit, trust is established, right? Because from a sales perspective, we are saying that like the marketing strategies that we recommend are there to achieve the goal that, that we both are agreeing to. And so once that has been achieved, like that goal has been achieved, uh, now I actually consider the sale to be done. Like now we've gotten permission and we have trust, right? So when you have trust from a client, you have time as well. Like they're going to be okay for the next goal to not be achieved as fast as possible. Um, Or even if you um, are setting longer future term goals, like they'll be okay with that. Extensions, like if you uh, have that first goal set for the first three months, they're going to be easier to then be uh, convinced to do a 12-month engagement and upsell for other services as well too. That then helps the account manager to um, one, enjoy the calls and have a better relationship because the engagement is now higher from the clients because satisfaction is, because trust has now been established. Um, That also means internally, specifically the KB, is that when a certain MRR is achieved, you as an account manager don't have to worry about getting another client. Like you are judged based off a certain capacity of MRR that you need to be at. So if you can increase the size of your current clients, you're, you're winning, right? Like you don't need to get more clients. The volume of clients doesn't need to increase. Um, there's so many, there's so many more too. So on top of that, 
you also don't have to worry about getting new clients onboarded because the beginning part of a client relationship is is the hardest. All the stuff foundationally, the plumbing, the tracking, the reporting, making sure you like each other, all that kind of stuff, like that's really high as well too, or hard. Um, Communication is increasing as well too. There's just increased productivity as well. So like, I can keep going on. Um, I literally have a long list of this too. Um, <laughs> so, and then also like, if you look even even a bigger and broader level, when you have happier clients, you have happier team, you have stronger retention of your team too. So like the cost to recruit, to hire, all those things um, fall into place as well too. So, so yeah. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. Like, like you said, like it, uh, one metric that has an impact and influences a lot of other things. Um, yep. And yeah, if you're managing clients and, and you don't necessarily need more or the motivation isn't necessarily to have more, but to increase the value of your current clients, right? What better metric than the percentage of client goals achieved? Um, exactly. So, right. Yeah. I, you've, you really kind of touched on why, why it became a priority. Give us an idea of like, and we'll get into like what you're seeing now, but like when you sure. first started tracking this, aggregating this, what, like, what was the number you were seeing? In terms of like the percentage we were, of client goals, we were it, it, it was it was random. One, there wasn't even any like clear communication to the team that like this is something that everybody needs to have like a goal set. So we were assuming, like at least I was assuming that like every single client has a goal set, and a good percentage, like we we'll say twenty plus percent, sometimes didn't. And so you you have to ask yourself like, well, what does a client judge us on? Like, how do we know? that we can expect them to keep paying the bills and want to keep working with us if we don't know what success is. We haven't defined that. So that was one thing. Then after that was was made visible, after we started tracking that metric, we then made sure that like 100% of our clients need to have a goal, right? And then we started seeing like, okay, maybe 30% are hit, then 40%, 50%. So now we're living in the range of like the 70s to 80s, and our goal is to get to the 95s. And, and what it does, because we've now looked at that as a metric and now we're like um you know measuring it we can we basically catapulted forward and said okay um well what are the what are the things that also impact retention um beyond just results um and then we've hired like a director of client success whose job is to create the gold standard of the kickoff call and a go live call like these things the way that you deliver information to clients the way that you present things like they all these details matter so it kind of like opened up Pandora's box in a great way to figure out like how do we um, achieve results faster than the deadlines that we set? Could that be with automation? Could that be with uh, outsourcing key parts of things that are just kind of redundant? Um, and those are all things that we're looking at right now. And it's still a work in progress, but everything is showing progress, which is really cool. That's good context. And also segues good into the next question, which is, in terms of how do you actually make that progress? Like what, what has the yeah. team done? What have you sort of, what have, what have you observed? Like what works? Like when you see this metric, I feel right. like the challenging thing about it is it's like, okay, this is a metric that's influenced by a lot of things across a lot of different clients. Right. Um, the goals are different, you know, or slightly different for each client. So it's, yep. for me as an outsider, it's like, oh, it might be challenging to look at that and say like, here's the levers we should push or right. uh, in order to improve that. So what has the team done or what have you seen work in terms of like, here's how we can influence this metric and improve it. Yep. How do you get to the 95s if you're currently at the 70? Like what, do, what are you actually doing right. to do that? So a, a few things like having the visibility on like the pacing towards goal is really important. Like what's preventing it are, are some people letting things run that aren't performing well for too long and not pivoting. That's another thing. Um, internally we had this, um, 
system called Boost Flow, which is um, a, a hat tip to client boost and maybe flow because we're by the beach. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it's called that because it's our Asana, which is our project management um, platform that we're using to track everything, basically. So we're using the Asana API to have what we call these impact scores. And it's a plus three or minus three. Like minus three is it like it doesn't perform at all. Plus three, like it actually beat the expectations of what we wanted to do. So every strategy now has an impact score internally. And every strategy is tied to a specific type of business, e-commerce, SaaS, or lead gen. And then also down to the platform, if it's SEO, email, Google ads, Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads. And then down further to the goal, is it to increase click-through rate, decrease CPA, increase conversion volume, increase conversion rate, doesn't matter. Um, and so now we can see very quickly that if like everybody of the 250 clients that we have, if everybody's doing the same things to achieve the same goal, that knows that we're all rowing in the same direction. If it doesn't work the way that we want it to, we can adjust it just a little bit and then see if it now helps people achieve that goal too. So it brought visibility on which strategies work best too. And that was a main thing as well too. Like how, how do you prioritize which strategies to do and then also, how do you make sure, this is also very important, how do you make sure the person doing the strategy knows how to do it in the most effective way in the shortest time possible as well? Because if one person, an account manager, has X amount of clients, but they do something that takes an hour, whereas another person does it and it takes uh, like 10 minutes, that other person that takes longer is going to be stressed out. Their morale is going to drop. Their engagement is going to drop, right? And so like literally tracking that one metric, just like I said before, open up Pandora's box on so many different things that we can start improving and then see what styles we can turn to make progress in the right direction as well. And some of them don't even, weren't even necessarily just all results related for like achieving the client's goals. A lot of them were like communication related, right? Like, Hey, are you taking too long to reply to an email? Or when you do reply, are you writing out so much and taking so long to write that one email where you should have really just gotten on the call with the client? Mm -hmm. Like, that just increased the visibility and like now we're just seeing so many things that we can do better, which is awesome. Right. Is this what you mean when you refer to recipes? Like basically this system of knowing which, which tactics, which strategies work and yeah. which situations? Yeah. I should, I should clarify because I even screw myself up in my own team. We call them uh, guidelines, systems, recipes. We, we decided literally this morning that like, hey, let's just call them SOPs is another word for it. Standard operating procedures. Um, let's just call them systems. So we the recipes were like the marketing strategies that like we were known for like the breadcrumb technique single keyword ad groups like like that made us more famous um early on and we still come out with new quote-unquote recipes but to simplify for the listener it's really just systems and systems should say like what's the why behind the system what's the goal that you want the system to achieve what's the most effective way to do that and what's uh what's the fastest way to do that too and that would require us to do what we call like live action role play like we'll create a video showing how to do that one thing and then asking the team to show that they can do it the same thing in that same time frame and once they've done that like they've graduated and, and we have confidence that they can do that moving forward what, what's what, what's critical too in, in making that most effective is having a uh a client base that uh you have a lot of the same types of clients, right? So you've seen things work right. a number of times, which actually kind of goes in the face of what you said before, which is that you kind of don't, you don't niche down right now, <laughs> right? Yeah. But you're still able to see, you have enough, it sounds like uh, you have enough e-com clients, software clients, where you've seen the things that work, whether it's they're trying to improve their 
what what was the example you used before like uh, click through rates of email or sure. close rates or things like that like you've seen it enough times yeah. where you know the handful of tactics that work most effectively right um right. and i love that so basically um when you're looking at improving this metric is it i mean you're you're essentially going client by client right and it's uh probably part of your review system anyways for the account mm -hmm. team right looking where the improvements are so they're they're basically reviewing the systems and seeing like what you know what maybe they're missing out on what maybe they Correct. haven't done maybe as well as uh that could be done so it's really yep. just looking at these systems and seeing where the opportunities are in relation to like what has or hasn't been done so far for each client. Correct. And because we're humans, we are, you know, we're prone to errors. So even if you know what the goal is, which is like step one, good. Like you need right. to have that foundation, knowing what you're going after. If you don't know what to do next, or you're prioritizing something that's, you know, point number seven, instead of point number one, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. And then also, if you don't know how to execute it correctly, you're also going to have a bad time. So, how do we fix that? And the way that we fix that, which is again, one level even deeper is we have what we call master audit trails. And so we literally have dashboards, like the amount of metrics that we track within client boost is like, it's, it's people roll their eyes and think that isn't necessary. But like, again, it's like what gets measured gets improved, right? You've heard that saying before. And so we have these dashboards um, that are overseeing the finance, the marketing, the sales, and the operations side, and we're making sure that these systems get executed correctly. And after every single month, we're giving you a, a pass-fail grade per department of what percentage you actually executed correctly. So if the sales team only does their systems correctly 13% of the time, we're seeing that they need help, right? But the finance team is like crushing it because it's a lot simpler, there's a lot less people, things like that too. So the, the, the execution of things um, after you set that goal of like the client goals achieved is like our main metric. Um, like how do you make sure and, and ensure that it still be, becomes executed in the way that you want it? And that was something where like those dashboards were really helpful. Right. right. And you're using a little tool called Databox too, if, if I don't if I remember. We are. Right. Yeah. One, one of my favorite things we're using Databox for right now is like we're, we're doing content refreshes as one example of a metric that we're tracking and we're seeing does that blog post actually increase in rank and or does it increase in traffic, right? And so we're seeing if our efforts are worth it. And, and what's really funny is that we, again, are balancing the whole like, well, what's, the, what's the, the most effective way of doing something in the shortest amount of time? And so we're figuring out, well, what can we remove from like a content refresh, like when we're republishing a blog post that we don't need to do so that we can do more of them right. in a short amount of time, but still get the same results. So like, again, measuring that through Databox was one way that we're like just obsessing over like perfecting that system over time. Which integrations are you guys using to measure that? Uh, I think it's between Google Search Console and yeah. Google Analytics. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that was going to be my guess. Um, yeah. Just making sure you, anyway. Don't put me on the spot. You're the founder, dude. You're too far from this stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Like, I should not be knowing the answer, but the fact that I did, like, where, where's my... Uh, Impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that brings us to the last question, which you've already kind of started touching on was like the, the measurement and results part. I know like yeah. you're still in the process of tying together what this means to the business. But you said early on already, you were seeing around 20, 30, 40, 50% in terms of this client percentage of client goals uh, achieved. Now you're around 70, 80% right. in route to your yeah. ultimate goal, which is around 95%. What impact, right. and you've, again, you've touched on this briefly as well, but like, 
what impact like what's the biggest impact you think that that improvement and that continued improvement has on the business in terms of just like bottom line numbers i mean at the end of the day it's 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 very easy the way that we grow as a business is by you know increasing the amount of acquisitions and and increasing the amount of clients we hold on to and so that one is really specifically tied to retention which is again one part of the equation too but the other great thing is it also helps increase like the ltv it helps us mm-hmm. be able to afford higher prices to acquire more clients because we know what the LTV is because it's continually growing. Tenure is increasing. Um, the average MRR per client too has been increasing too. So all of those metrics have been just making it more unfair for us to go out and, uh, and be great at marketing like we already are. And we're seeing, you know, the rise in MQLs, the decrease in cost per MQL too, um, which isn't really reflected of that, but it also, again, it adds to, the ultimate gold standard you want to achieve from a marketing perspective, which is word of mouth, right? You're getting referrals. You're getting people talking about you and you can't bottle this stuff up. You don't know it. You can't track it. It's pretty hard, but that's what we should be aiming for because it makes everything else so much easier um, when we run ads or any, any type of marketing activity too. Right. JD, this was awesome, man. I really enjoyed this one. Thank you for... Yeah, no, we went deep. I didn't expect that. <laughs> In only 25 minutes too. Thanks for uh, for coming on and sharing everything uh, about the metric. This, this was a really fun one. I mean, most most companies are, you know, at least say they're focused on on the customer. But I love how your metric that you shared today. You didn't even hesitate. It was like, oh yeah, percentage of client goals achieved. Like, yeah. uh, we had nothing like this yet on this podcast, so uh, it was unique. And uh, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on and, and telling us all about it, how it's working, and, and what it's done so far. Of course, yeah, I'll give you an update if it continues to improve. But until then. I'm going to get back to chilling. (laughs) You got it, man. Thanks for coming on. (laughs) All right, bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.